The Rams have traded wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons. We have everything you need to know. Winners and losers from week five. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Trying to get to 10,000 subscribers, so do us a favor, join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what is your reaction to the Rams trading wide receiver Van Jefferson. My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I'm covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams four locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on the X at Travis Rogers. And just a reminder that today's episode of Locked on Rams is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, Travis, we've got a trade to get into, and that's because the Rams have traded wide receiver Van Jefferson. Atlanta received a 2025 seventh-round pick and Jefferson in exchange for a 2025 sixth-round pick. If you, every listeners will know, we presented this idea a few weeks ago about the possibility of trading Van Jefferson with the return of Cooper Cup. I think it made a ton of sense. They don't like to give new contracts to their receivers, extend guys. He was a free agent, wasn't going to have a big role in this team, and he is now an Atlanta Falcon. Yeah, you know, and, and I think this is the best case scenario for both Van Jefferson and both for the Los Angeles Rams because. You know, Van Jefferson was given ample opportunity. Van Jefferson was, you know, a pretty good wide receiver for the Rams during their Super Bowl season. He started every single game. He had about 800 yards in receiving. He did a good job, got in the end zone six times. He he, he was a good player for the Rams in that third wide receiver role. The problem is that role doesn't exist on this team. He had an opportunity to ascend to that number one role, at least for a brief period of time with Cooper Cup being down. You know, as weird as it sounds, there was a time before we knew what Coop, or Puka Nakua was like, right? We didn't know who he was or what he was going to do. You aside, DMAC, who was on that from the very beginning. But you're looking at uh, <laughs> you're looking at a guy who was given first team reps, first, you know, number one wide receiver reps. He did nothing with it. And Puka ascended. Tutu Atwell is becoming a better player. Cooper Cup returns, and there's no place for him. And, and you know, the Rams have had some success finding guys uh, in the late round. So to get a late round, like, pick swap is basically what they did with Atlanta. I think it's good for the Rams. There just weren't opportunities for him. Now, for Van Jefferson to go to Atlanta, let's see. You know, sometimes a fresh start, sometimes a new location. Uh, you know, to be able to start all over could be a good thing for him. But I, I think this is something that he probably wanted. It's something that the Rams were happy to accommodate him with because there just weren't going to be any footballs thrown his way. 
Yeah, and it was basically just a pig swap for Van Jefferson. I mean, the yeah. Falcons gave him that sixth-round pick, and the Rams gave the Falcons Van Jefferson and the seventh-round pick. So basically, Travis, in today's NFL, it's basically my sixth-round pick for your seventh-round pick, and a player's become the new bag of footballs and a bag of Cheetos, right? That's just kind of how it is in today's NFL. We've seen yeah. the Rams do this. They're moving on from guys if they don't think they're going to contribute, if they don't think they're going to extend them. And when it comes to Van Jefferson, he had just 108 yards in a four-game this year his season best of 46 yards came on a single catch against the Bengals in week three so he just had it developed into the receiver that the Rams had hoped that he would be let's just be clear about this let's yeah. be frank he was a disappointment with the Rams he's a great reputation as a great guy great team presence great locker room presence but he just did not develop into the receiver that they had hoped to be he was a disappointment a second round pick who really had very minimal trade value and didn't contribute, like you said, with his opportunities with Cooper Cup out. So, yeah, I think this is good for Jefferson because he's hopefully going to see his usage rate increase the Atlanta Falcons, and hopefully he'll get himself a pretty decent contract. But, yeah, look, this also tells you that the Rams, like you said, hit on Puka Nakua, and he's a big factor, and you're not going to see the Rams go deep into that depth chart at the wide receiver position. Well, I think I think what yeah, what you just said I think is the 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 good news in all of this that yeah, you're you're right, Dmac. The second round pick, then you know, just a, a small number of years later, is basically gone for nothing. Is not good news. You can't have that happen too many times. You know, we saw Logan Bruss, so we're seeing some some relatively high draft picks really not work out for the Rams, which is never a good thing. But what I think this also indicates is that the Rams believe that Puka Nakua is here for, for good, that this is a real thing, that this is not just – because, look, you and I are both baseball guys. I'll use a baseball analogy. How many times have you seen a guy show up and absolutely kill it for a month or two or maybe even a season, and then it's like, hey, whatever happened to that guy? It's a Kevin Moss. It's a it's a Ron Kittle. It's a Pat Listash. It happens all the time. But clearly the Rams don't think that that's what's going to happen here. The Rams believe that he is a legitimate NFL wide receiver so they could let their number two pick from not that long ago walk out the door for virtually nothing because they found some money and, and an incredible player in the fifth round. For sure. And I think that this Rams team is sending a message about their roster construction. And like the big thing I'm taking away from this is you're not going to get a lot of money from this. You're not going to save that much money, but is this a little chess piece? Is this a little domino effect? And will you see them make another move to try to bolster this roster? Because let's be honest here, they could use another edge rusher. I think it, did, it no definitely doubt. probably went unnoticed, but Oshawan Mathis did have a little bit of a role on Sunday's game, but Michael Hoyt out there in coverage guarding tight ends is really not the move. So you wonder if they could find a way to pick up some type of edge rusher that could help this team a little bit, because I do think they're an edge rusher away from being a pretty respectable defense. Now, can they beat elite teams? Probably not, but can they stay competitive with elite teams? They've shown that that at least four spurts for halves they can. So just kind of bolstering this roster around the margins is something that I think they could be interested in doing. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that the spot that if you're looking to acquire talent, it's at that edge rushing spot. That that seems to be because look, Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald, but maybe not the best version ever of Aaron Donald that we've seen. And somebody's got to take advantage of the fact that Aaron Donald is getting doubled and tripled fairly regularly. So far that has Byron Young has flashes. He's an incredible athlete. He's got an incredible motor where he's chasing after guys and playing his guts out. 
but you got to start to see some results. And that's the thing that I would like to see done. I think, you know, we, we've got three games left before the trade deadline takes place. So I think that you're going to get a pretty good idea of what the Rams are as a team. Are they about a 500 team? Are they in the mix? Are they slightly below it? Are they slightly above it? And I think that'll determine what they go do because I do think they're in a weird spot about what is the cost of acquiring an edge guy and what is the cost of of doing it now in a season where your ceiling is not Super Bowl caliber. Like, do you want to spend capital, whether it's draft capital or anything else, to go from eight to seven? Do you want to spend draft capital to go to seven from from seven to six? That's the decision that Kevin Demoff and Les Snead and, and Sean McVay need to make because I don't think that there's a trade out there that takes them from where they are right now, which is 10th in the NFC, putting them inside the top three or four. I just don't see that play out there. That's a fair point. There's no doubt about that. But if they're serious about making that playoff push, adding some depth, especially if you account for potential injuries, that might be something they want to consider. You mentioned that draft and how they really did hit on some of those picks there in 2020. You got Akers, Jefferson, Lewis, Burgess. I mean, a lot of those picks did not hit. And look, that happens. You're going to have good drafts. You're going to have bad drafts. So far, it looks like the past draft was a good draft. And hopefully they learn from that. But Van Jefferson just was never going to be that guy for no. this team. I mean, you look at this season as a whole. I mean, he had his opportunities and he ends up getting 8%, 8% of those targets. I mean, 15 targets in five weeks out of 194, that's 8% with Cup out. I just don't understand how he didn't take advantage of that opportunity. I mean, just kind of looking back on his career, some of those 50-50 balls, it's not like he was a guy who was going to be aggressive and go up and get him. You saw that a lot of the time the DB would kind of hit that ball away. But I will say, Favorite moment of Van Jefferson's career on a high note, the 23-yard catch against the Raiders last season. Yeah. That's what I'll remember Van Jefferson for. And also, look, the 2021 season, he was really good. I mean, 50 catches for 802 yards. Yeah. I think knee injuries really hurt him, set his career back in. Another question for you, Travis. Now that 12 is available, does Puka Nakua go to 12? I'm just saying. <laughs> look, whatever Puka is doing, let's not mess it okay. up. I, I am a superstitious <laughs> guy. If 17 is created, you know, 600 yards of offense in five weeks, let's continue to do that. I'm not messing with too much. I think, I think you bring up a good point about Van that, you know, he's, he's a fine NFL player, but he doesn't have that elite skill. He's not particularly big. He's not particularly fast. He's not a particularly perfect route runner. So he kind of is decent at all three of those things. So what does that bring to the NFL? And Sean McVay was able to scheme him open when there was a Robert Woods, when there was a Cooper Cup, when there was an Odell Beckham Jr. because he was the third option. Sure. But Tutu brings that speed to that position that Van Jefferson was just never going to be able to bring. You don't have to actually go right now. I'm actually driving Van Jefferson to the airport. So <laughs> see you in the next segment. We're doing the solo show. But coming up in our next segment, we got Horns Up and Horns Down, our version of Winners and Losers. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, DMAC, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Eiler to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you are prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Here we go. Matthew Stafford, right? Matthew Stafford has been passing a ton all season long for the Rams, 
but did record his first two TD game of the season only last week, week five against the Eagles, with Cooper Cup, Pukunakua, and Tutu Atwell all healthy together as his clear top three wideouts. He will go to work with an even bigger game at home against the Cardinals' pass defense. Sean McVay has his veteran quarterback rolling, and Stafford will not disappoint in week six. With his young receivers balling to help Cup, Stafford has quickly become a rejuvenated fantasy asset for 2023 that should have more big days ahead. Vinny Eiler from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or dive alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thanks for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can join the Everyday Listeners Club too. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our Second seven, we're going to start this week's Horns Up, Horns Down, our version of winners and losers. And let's start with the Horns Up. Let's get back to the positive side. Yeah. Where's Dodgers tonight? Got to keep Ugh. that positive energy up, right, Travis? <laughs> Whatever positivity you have, let's do that because I don't have a lot when it comes to uh, Dodger Blue. Let's talk some Rams for sure. Give Joe Boo some of that rum, right? So, so look, Lance Lynn, no hitter tonight. Book it. <laughs> Lynn's Danity in Arizona. I love it, Travis. So first <laughs> horns up, going my guy, right guard Kevin Dotson. Over the past two weeks, yeah. Dotson has been the fourth highest graded guard according to Pro Football Focus. He allowed just one pressure against the Eagles. He's got an opportunity with Joe Nopum out. And I think that with Joe Nopum out, talking about Wally Pitt the last episode, I think he's someone that you have to keep at that position because of how effective that he's been. He's physical. Right. He's a he's a physical football player. He's a physical offensive lineman. And just kind of looking at what the Rams have done up front, I think that's kind of been where they've trending to towards uh this season on the offensive line. Last year, they tried some some different things. I think that Logan Bruss fell victim to some of this, just not being a nasty enough guy because Steve Avila certainly is. Rob Havenstein certainly is. Uh, Alark Jackson has been a pretty nasty guy out there at left tackle. And Coleman Shelton is a tough physical football player. Kevin Dotson fits right into that group. Joe Nopum is more of a technician. He's more of an athlete. He's more of one of these guys that's going to beat you with his skills as opposed to just laying hands on you and moving you around. Uh, I think the Rams probably want to play, be able to play both ways like that. And I think Dotson gives them uh, the ability to do that. This, this is one of those deals that you make in the offseason that's like, yeah, okay, cool. They got a backup guard, whatever. You don't think too much about it, but here we are heading into week six of the season. He's already kind of taken over that position, it feels like, and it feels like the Rams are better off because of it. For sure. And you can never have enough offensive line depth, as we nope. saw last season. Dotson's a veteran. He's played the position well. I like him there, even when no boom returns. Of course, a lot of Rams fans lamenting 
Austin Corbett and him being gone. I think Dawson almost feels like the new version of Corbett in a way yeah. how he performs at that position. So Cor- Corbett's nice- another one of those guys, DMAC, that was just nasty. Like he, he brought a level of toughness and physicality that an offensive line that really was not there last year. And I think Dotson brings that back to, to a very significant degree. He was. And I think that when we talk about these draft misses, these bad signings, you have to also give them credit when credit is due. And some of these minimum pickups, some of these trades for guys that aren't big money players, they've been great. I mean, next horns up is Akella Witherspoon. He's been terrific. I mean, well, Darion Kendrick, we'll talk about in a little bit here. He struggled against A.J. Brown. Witherspoon, he basically made Devontae Smith quiet to the point where he was having a little conversation with Nick Sirianni, how he was upset like he wasn't getting the ball. So Witherspoon, he's played fantastic all season long. He's played a role in all three of the Rams turnovers this season with incredible interceptions. You saw that toe tap pick in the end zone for Kella Witherspoon, just incredible body control, just great balance to make that play. So I've been so impressed with Kella Witherspoon. I think that he's on his way to a pro bowl season. He's been terrific. And and to, to think about where the Rams might be without his ability uh, so far, I don't know, because this, this was the spot that when they made the trade for JR to, to trade away Jalen Ramsey, I should say, and basically got a late round draft pick and a backup tight end as compensation for that deal. You're thinking, okay, who, who's going to be the guy that can take the ball away in the secondary? And he's been the only one that can do it. We'll see what Darion Kendrick develops into, what Kobe Durant develops into. We've seen, you know, the Russ Yeast of the world and some of the other guys that are out there, Fuller, that are playing in the secondary. But Witherspoon is the one guy who you can kind of cross your fingers and hope can take the ball away from the opposing offense. The the Rams are not having a ton of possessions, right? That they're they're not getting off the field a ton on defense, and they're not taking the ball away a ton on defense, which means it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the offense to cash in the possessions that they do have. Witherspoon is the guy that has been able to take it away, but just two interceptions through the first five weeks of the season is not, and it's good for an individual. It's not good for a team. And thank goodness that Witherspoon's here because without him, I don't know if the Rams are sitting at two and three right now. For sure. He's been absolutely essential to the success that this Rams defense has had. He's been such a bright spot. A couple more horns up. We talked about these guys in yesterday's episode, so we won't go too in-depth on them, but you know they want their horns up t-shirts. They want to be mentioned in this segment. So we have to throw out Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Oh, yeah. Both play well. Both prove that they can have success on the field at the same time. I think Puka Nakua, like we talked about extensively, their numbers are going to go down, but you look at Cooper, he gets eight catches, 118 yards. He had 12 targets. You look at Puka Nakua, he ends up with 57 yards on six catches, had that beautiful touchdown on nine targets. So they're getting horns up. And then let's go to one, a couple more horns up. I want to go Ernest Jones. Hey, Ernest, interior blitzer all day long. He led the Rams with 15 total tackles. He's someone that you always talk about where when you're not talking about them, he yeah. means he's doing his job. I think that's absolutely the case with Ernest Jones. Yeah, look, he's been really good for them. He's he, he's in on a ton of tackles. He follows the rules of the defense. He gets everybody lined up correctly. You know, he's the green dot guy. He's the guy that is responsible for making sure that everyone else is taking care of their business as well. And he's been good. You, you bring up a really good point, D-Mac, that this is a guy, the less we say his name, the better off it is, right? Because we just want to say his name when he's making big plays and he's doing the right thing. So congratulations to him for being as good as he's been so far. I want to go back to something very quickly you mentioned about Cup. 
Guy had over 100 yards, and it was the quietest over 100 yards you've ever seen in your life. That This is one of the best wide receivers in football who hadn't played all season, who didn't play for the second half of last season, his first NFL action in virtually, you know, not quite a calendar year, but getting close to it. And he just goes out there and catches 100, 100 uh, yards worth of balls and has eight catches. This is just how good he is that a 100-yard day would just kind of go, yeah, he's pretty good. It was better than pretty good. Putting him together with Puka, it, I, I'm so excited about what this might look like the more reps they get together. I could not be any more excited about Cub and Nakua. I think yeah. that those legs are probably a little jelly after sure. the second half. And I think when he gets his legs underneath him, you're looking at big time days for Cooper Cup. The trust level between him and Matthew Stafford is off the charts. I think this offense is going to continue to put up points in the air all season long. But yeah, Ernest Jones, he's been fantastic. He just has to be himself, the importance of being earnest all season long. And then one more horns up, Travis, punters are people too, okay? Punters are people too. Ethan Evans, four punts on Sunday. Three of them were inside the 20. Is 53.8 yards per attempt, ranked third in the NFL for week five. Now there has been some talk, oh, has he been out kicking his coverage? Is his leg too big? With a 17.5 yards per turn, that's the second most for the week. That's a good problem to have, right? Give me the leg is too big and we'll figure things out versus the other way around. There were a couple of times on Sunday where the Rams were deep in their own end and it felt like, all right, you, you know, as, as good as Jalen Hurts and his crew is, the last thing you want to do is give them a short field. And Ethan Evans was able to flip the field on him. And he was able to flip the fields with some directional punting as well. It wasn't just that he bombs it, which he does, but he bombs it to a good part of the field, which which allows the Rams to cover it pretty effectively. I, I agree with you that that big leg is probably a good problem to have. But there are some times, especially when, you know, being inside SoFi and getting to see it every week, there's so much space by the time that the recover that the return man catches the ball that you are putting a lot of pressure on your coverage team because you're asking them to defend a lot of open space, which could be a problem. So maybe a little less distance and a little more hang time might be in order, but he's been very, very good for them so far. That's a really good point. Look, sometimes 98 with command is better than 100 without command, right? So right. he has to just learn how to manage that. By the way, you know we're always keeping tabs on his alma mater, Wingate. The Wingate Bulldogs, they're 4-2 this year. They take on Limestone. Who you got now and real quick before the next segment? Oh, I don't think I need to get into it too much. Everybody knows that Limestone is no <laughs> joke. That li- li- the Limestone at this point in the season is usually where they hit their stride, and I would imagine that uh, – this season will be no different than the, the the long distinguished history of the limestone limeys or whatever they are. Give me the Wingate Bulldogs all day. But coming <laughs> up in our next segment, we got horns down. That's coming up next here on Locked On Rams. All right, DMAC, let's talk about Jace Case, right? Jace Case can give you peace of mind, right? Jace Case can make you feel like you're prepared. That's the part that I like best about Jay's case is knowing that if I'm taking a trip overseas, if you're going camping, if you're going somewhere where maybe it's not going to be super easy to get to a doctor or get to an urgent care facility, this is where Jay's case can come in. What you get is you go online. It's very, very easy. You fill out a small questionnaire. In some cases, you have to hop on uh, a quick call and talk with one of the physicians and then right at your door, five antibiotics that can fight all sorts of different types 
of infections. Here's how you do it. You go to Jace Medical, right? JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. And you can get $20 off of these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using that code locked on at checkout. Again, that's JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E Medical.com. We've all been through a lot over these last few years. And knowing that you have medication in your home ahead of time, it's an unbelievable feeling. JaceMedical.com. Don't forget that promo code locked on for $20 at checkout. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we're going to do some horns down, and I'm starting with Kobe Durant. It does feel like there's a sophomore slump for Durant. He had two more missed tackles on Sunday. He has four missed tackles on the season. He missed that key tackle on Kenneth Gainwell and Jalen Hurts. Both were on third downs that end up in first downs. We know they were 13 for 18 on third down. Really one of the big stories in the game. And look, he just hasn't had the sophomore season that we had hoped so far. Still looking to figure out that star role, but he really is someone that I think needs to pick it up for the rest of the way. I, I like the point that you pointed out. That it's the tackling, right? It, that that's the part that has been most troubling for for him specifically, and really for the Rams collectively at large on defense. There's not a ton of guys that are running free a bunch. I mean, it's always going to happen. It's the NFL. The other team gets paid too. They're going to make some plays, but if the Rams are able to lock guys up after the catch, there's a lot of time where these are not turning into first downs. You saw it. You mentioned a, a couple of the plays. Um, on Sunday that where the the player caught the ball well short of the first down or Jalen Hurts running with the ball was well short of the first down and players had opportunities to get him to the ground short of that marker, but they didn't. They don't wrap up. Byron Young had one on, on Hurts that I thought was a big miss as well that he had a pretty good shot on him, but Jalen Hurts is not, you know, he's not Bryce Young. He's a big, strong dude. You're going to have to wrap him up and get him down to the ground. They didn't do it. I, I, I think you're spot on. I think that the Rams tackling uh, is one of their bigger issues on the defensive side. Wrap those arms and get to the ground. Yeah, that's all we need to see moving forward against teams that can pound the rock. They can run the football. It's absolutely crucial that you wrap up and you make tackles. And yep. you talk about Kobe Durant and that star role for him. If you're going to be effective in that role, you have to be physical. You have to wrap up. You have to make tackles. And I think, look, you're trying to fill the shoes of Jalen Ramsey. You're not going to be the next Jalen Ramsey, but there's a big size differential there. Jalen Ramsey is 6'2", 200 plus yep. pounds. I mean, 4'3", 4'4", speed, right? With, depending on the day, he's big and physical. So trying to replace him with someone who's 5'9", 5'10", around that time with the same role, that's going to be kind of difficult. So uh, we're talking about star players who are going to be guys that are blitzing occasionally, right? Yes. They're going to tackle in space. So I think it's a work in progress, and I, you're wondering if he is a little miscast for the role that he's in. The, the the work in progress, I think, is an incredibly good point because until the work is is done and completed, you got to play by the rules. you got to be incredibly strong fundamentally. Jalen Ramsey can freelance a little bit. Aaron Donald can freelance a little bit. A guy like a Leonard Floyd could, you know, take a chance or a guy like, you know, Vaughn Miller could maybe break their own. But when you are a, a relatively young player finding your way through the league, you better follow the rules. You better be fundamentally sound. You better wrap up on tackles. You better break down and do the things that need to get done first. And then we can kind of find that that next level of play if it's there at all. No doubt about it. And the next horns down 
Michael Hoyt. Now, if you look at the box score, you probably say Michael Hoyt, six combined tackles. But look, he's just not generating pressure consistently. That's been an issue with him all season long. And you add the fact that he's a liability on the edge if you have a quick runner or a receiver. And then we're seeing him line out in coverage guarding tight ends. I think it's just something where it feels like, okay, we need to end this experiment at some point because it's starting to hurt the team. I I think you bring up a good point that look, I, I want it, I'll go horns down on his ability to get to the quarterback because that is his responsibility, right? That's something that he should be able to, you know, it, at least be competitive at. We saw it towards the end of last year. But as far as him and coverage, I don't even give him the horns down there. I give him I, I give whoever is making the decision to put him there the horns down. You're asking a guy that in, at the at this time last year, Michael Hoyt was an interior defensive lineman. This is like asking Ashawn Robinson to cover a tight end in space. It's just, it's a, it's a bad idea. It just doesn't work. So I'm going to give him a little bit of grace there because I, I don't blame a guy when he's asked to do something he's incapable of doing. And, and he's incapable of covering a guy like Dallas Goddard in space. He's going to get his lunch handed to him every single time. Getting to the quarterback, though, I think is a fair criticism. I, I think that that's something that they have to find, whether they find it in their own locker room or somewhere else. It is a soft spot on this defense, and it needs to be addressed. And I just think they got to move into a more situational role. I was encouraged yeah. by what I saw from Oshawn Mathis, and we know Byron Young has played well, so I think you really need to have someone on the other side of him that can do a better job and they can perform a nice little duo there. I want to see Impossible go out there and get a veteran in. Well, maybe save some of these for tomorrow, but we got Darion Kendrick. I got to give him horns down. I know I've been kind of rough on him all season. I'm not so sure that Darion Kendrick is a starting-level cornerback in the NFL. Maybe not, but they don't have a lot of better options, right? And this is one of these things, like, look, I'll bring it back to our favorite thing, the Dodgers. Yes, Clayton Kershaw shouldn't pitch in game four if there is a game. I'm all ears on what a better option might be. And, and, you know, at some point you just, there isn't an answer to the problem, and that may be what DK is. I, I, I do like Darian Kendrick for one simple reason. Dude's got stones whatever you want like he he he'll run his mouth a little bit and even after you get him a couple of times he's still willing to go in there and try to make plays I, I don't think that he's gun shy which i think at that position is incredibly valuable the question is whether or not he's got the the, the ability to do it on a regular basis i think that's a better question he certainly has the heart he does have the heart. I think he'd be a really great depth piece. He's aggressive. Yeah. He's physical, which I think he lacks in speed. And he gave up those 27 yards and penalties, allowed the Eagles to score before the half. And he did make a nice tackle on Quez Watkins, by the way, yeah. for that TFL to force Philly into a field goal. So it wasn't all bad. But here, just nitpicking here, and we'll end on this. I don't love players wearing number one. I think that's what the mascot wears. I think the mascot wears number one. Are you in on players wearing number one? Look, I, I am here for Warren all uniform-related criticisms. I love these. Okay. These are these are some of my favorite things. The way the way it's worn, the number it's worn. Uh, I, I've mentioned him a few times. I'm pals with uh, Keyshawn Johnson, and no one has stronger opinions on what numbers players should wear than Key does. And his response, whenever I say like, why he never wanted to wear a number in the '80s. Of course, he was number 19 in the NFL for a long time. I said, why? He goes, because it just doesn't look right. 
So I'm going to go with that. It just doesn't look right, number one, on anybody. So, yeah, let's give him a, a double-digit number. Give him a double-digit number. Warren Moon, Cam Newton for the Patriots, Gary Anderson, Jason <laughs> Elam. Those are kickers, Kyler Murray. But that's what Rampage the mascot should yeah. wear. But, hey, I digress. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And, as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams? house.